guys, and welcome to the Moms of Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing pretty okay, thanks. Great. <laughs> That's a fair answer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds positive. There's nothing negative about it. You can draw your own conclusions. I'm good with that. Yeah. I saw a little meme thing on Facebook right before we started recording that said, how did it go from October 1st to October 13th in three days? And I feel that because I don't know what happened to this month. It just like flew by or it is it flying did. by. But yeah, so it's really been great though. It's been it's been great. <laughs> Good. Yes. There you go. Positive things in 2020. There we go. Absolutely. So right on the heels of our two-part story about the infamous Bjork stalker, we have another story out of the great country of Iceland. Melissa made it sound absolutely lovely when she told us that there was no bugs in Iceland or at least no mosquitoes, which I guess I can deal with other bugs. The mosquitoes are the ones that bother me the most. Right. But other bugs are fine. But if there's actually no bugs, then that would be even better. So it sounded so great. I just wanted to stay in Iceland for another week. And that is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about another crime that happened in the capital of Iceland called Reykjavik. And I just wanted to say a quick thank you to our friend Sigrun. She is an Icelandic listener and she is also another podcaster and she has a podcast that is in the Icelandic language. So if you are from Iceland or at least understand the Icelandic language, you can check out her podcast. I am not going to say what it is, but we will put it in the show notes. Not that it's a secret or anything, just that I literally can't. Shh, don't say tell it. anybody. <laughs> uh, but I we keep will it quiet. That, yeah. <laughs> but we will put that in the show notes. The point of all that was to say that I wanted to thank her because she just so happened to reach out to us a few days ago and I said, This is awesome. I have an Icelandic listener reaching out to us and we need help for this episode because there are a lot of Icelandic words and names and we do not know how to say them as Melissa and I joke all the time that we can barely speak English and we are really sticking with that this week too. I feel like we're going to show Cannot just emphasize how true that, that is. Yes. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much Sigrun for helping us pronounce these things or helping us try to learn how to pronounce these things. Yeah, she sent us the recordings and what we do from there is really our it's, mistake to make. Oh, right. Don't it's, blame it's her for her anything fault. we yeah. say wrong from here. <laughs> yeah, but we are going to do our best. Birna Brionsdottir was born on November 28, 1996 in Reykjavik, Iceland to parents Scylla and Brion at Landspitale, which is the National University Hospital of Iceland. Growing up in the suburbs with her parents and older brother Loga, Birna was a vivacious, lively, imaginative, and carefree girl. Many people who knew Birna described her as a happy pill, which I think is such a lovely way to describe a person. I've never right? heard a person described that way, but that is such a wonderful description of a person that they're it a happy is. pill. Yeah. Although some brothers and sisters aren't very close to each other, Birna and Loga were very close. They were very close friends who talked about everything under the stars and spent a lot of time laughing together. When Birna wasn't spending time with her family, she was listening to music, dancing with friends, caring for animals. She was also a devoted vegetarian. She was she really loved animals and had a passion for it. Or she was just driving around. She loved traveling the world and speaking English with whoever she could. Birna's ex-boyfriend said she wanted to know everyone from every nation and then visit them all. She really was a true citizen of the world. 
Birna was an independent, self-assured, strong-willed, and responsible teenager and young adult with a sharp sense of humor. She attended the Aluminum School, which is now called Hawale Tiskole, where she was extremely creative. After school, she went on to work in the fashion section of Haukup, which is a department store. Some said that Birna wanted to move to America to be a professional makeup artist for movies and theater, but she never got the chance. January 13th, 2017 started off as any normal day. 20-year-old Birna got ready for the day, said goodbye to her father, and then left her home. She met up with friends at Nora Magasin, which was a bistro pub in Reykjavik, to play a card game. Next, Birna and her friends went to Hura, which actually means hooray in English, which is a live music venue. What a great name for something, to literally name this music place hooray. That's just a place you want to go to. That sounds awesome. Yeah, how can you not be happy when you go there? <laughs> exactly. So they all met there to go out dancing, and Birna and her friends stayed and danced until her friends finally decided to leave at around 2 a.m. Birna, being the ever-independent woman, decided to stay. She danced until around 5 a.m. and then decided to call it a night. Birna left Hura, bought a falafel pita, and started walking up Reykjavik's main shopping street, Lega Vegas. It's important to note that Lega Vegas has lampposts every 10 meters or so, and it's not uncommon at this point for women to walk alone at night in Reykjavik. Birna walked along Lega Vegas, wearing her hair down, Doc Martin boots, black jeans, a gray sweater, and a black hoodie. It was a cold night at only 9 degrees Celsius or 16 degrees Fahrenheit, and there was a wind chill. Birna was intoxicated after this long night of just hanging out and dancing with her friends. As she walked down the road, she dropped some coins, and then she bumped into a stranger on the sidewalk. Then Birna continued walking, and she passed by a bar, and then a coffee and waffle shop, and then she disappeared. On the morning of January 14th, Birna did not show up to work. This was unlike Birna, so her friend and coworker Maria began to worry. Maria called Birna's phone, but it was turned off, which was another thing that was unlikely to happen with Birna. I would like to go on the record saying I cannot roll my R's, and our friend did such a great job of showing us how to do this and to say these names, so we're trying our very, very best, but not all the names <laughs> are going to sound exactly like she did it. We really are trying, but I feel like the girl from 90 Day Fiance who always rolls the R in her husband's name, and I get angry listening to it because I'm like, you can't even do it right. So if you're getting angry... I'm so sorry. We'll keep, we'll continue on with the story. I'm sorry. I really needed to get that out. I have to say this name like 15 times and I just can't say it. No, okay. I know. It's really as hard whenever you are talking about a different language that you did not grow up speaking because it's like their tongues move a completely different way than how ours do. And it's, it's, it's hard to make yours do it as well. So I am totally with you on that. Yeah, it's and I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying too hard or being offensive or anything. So there's like this weird thing where I don't even want to try it that confidently because that doesn't sound right. And I, I don't know. It's like one of those you can't win for losing. So our friend did a great job explaining it to us. We are merely the interpreters and apparently I cannot interpret very well. So next, Maria called the friends Birna had been out with the night before. So she knew who they were, called them to contact them. And, you know, she wanted to see if they knew anything of, you know, where she was at this point. And these friends said that they thought that after they left her that she was going back to her dad's house. So Maria spoke with Birna's dad, but he said she wasn't at home. Maria's last hope was Birna's mother. But like everyone else, she didn't know where Birna was. Birna's mother had been as worried as Maria because Birna always told her parents where she was, so she wasn't just 
you know, not going to have told somebody, hey, I went with my friend, I went, you know, to this person's house or whatever, they would have known where she was. So after talking with Maria, her parents went to the police station and filed a missing persons report. And at that point, she posted on Facebook to let people know that her daughter was missing. By 9 a.m. on the 14th, police were able to secure Birna's cell phone records. The police could tell that Birna's phone had been either manually powered off or it had run out of battery, and that's why she wasn't answering it. The police also found that Birna's cell phone pinged a tower in the industrial area of Hopnerfergus, which is a port town about 10 kilometers or six miles south of Reykjavik, and that was at 5.50 a.m., with their newfound knowledge, Sila gathered up some friends and family members and drove to Hopnafergush to try and locate Birna. The search party, led by Sila, knocked on doors and showed pictures of Birna, asking if anybody had seen her, but nobody had. Meanwhile, the police were not forming their own search party. Sila had actually begged the police to take Birna's disappearance seriously, and she said that Birna was very close to her family, and she wasn't involved with drugs, she wasn't depressed, and she wasn't worried about money and really had no reason at all to run away. But according to police, there was no evidence of foul play, and that just provided them with really no reason to start looking for her. It may seem kind of odd that the Reykjavik police did not start looking for Birna when she was first reported missing, but over in Iceland, that is the police protocol. Violent crime is extremely rare, and the country's entire population is around 340,000 people, with 129,000 in the capital of Reykjavik. There are rarely any murders committed in Iceland. The rate is actually about 1.6 murders a year, making it the third least likely country to be murdered in. And the maybe number one reason, you know, aside from no bugs, that I want to just go there so bad. It sounds so nice and safe yeah. and bug free. It just... I didn't know that I wanted to live in Iceland until recently. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck because you're not going to be able to talk to anyone while you're there. <laughs> Helgi Gunlushun, who is a professor of sociology at the University of Iceland, says that, quote, most murder cases in Iceland are not mysteries. The victims and their killers usually know each other and the murderer rarely seeks to cover up the crime and cases are usually solved quickly, end quote. It is said that the main dangers come from the harsh natural conditions rather than from other people in Iceland. The Reykjavik police had no reason to fear that Birna had been abducted or murdered. They figured that she was just a young woman who probably spent the night with a friend or just hadn't come home yet. That was actually very common, a lot more common than murder was. As Sunday drew to a close, there was no word from Birna, so the police had no option but to declare her missing. A Facebook group was created to help form a large search party, and the media started sharing the news of Birna's disappearance. Two television stations asked to interview Sila, and she agreed and appeared on television on Sunday evening. She told the viewers about Birna and her disappearance. And we're going to get into more details about what happened next after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Traveling looks different these days, but with away luggage, different can still mean great. Away luggage is designed to last a lifetime, so whether you're traveling next month or next year, Away wants to make the process of getting out the door as easy as possible. 
I don't know about you, but traditional suitcases are a massive pain when you're trying to organize your things, which is why I love that every away suitcase comes with an interior organization system that also includes a built-in compression pad, which means you can pack more in. Plus a hidden and removable laundry bag so you can easily separate your clothes so you know exactly what needs to be washed when you get home. Away luggage makes travel so easy thanks to the four 360-degree spinner wheels that guarantee you have the smoothest roll with your suitcase even when you're carrying your kids' extra bags and hands and trying not to fall apart while navigating hectic airports or even getting from the lobby to your hotel room. Speaking of airports, Away Luggage also has TSA-approved combination locks, which helps keep all your belongings safe. And for our listeners in the contiguous U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia, Away offers free shipping and returns on orders, so make sure you give their luggage a spin. We went to the beach for a few days last month, and thanks to the organization system and built-in compression pad my Away suitcase has, I was easily able to pack all the necessities for my family of four in one durable and amazing suitcase. Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases, at awaytravel.com slash moms. That's awaytravel.com slash moms. And that URL should be typed out in all lowercase letters. Last week, I talked to you guys about ordering my new pair of Rothy's, the Rothy Sneaker in Black. And just for you guys, I decided the first day I would wear them was a day I had a lot of running around to do. I put them on Tuesday morning and went to the grocery store, had to take the kids to the doctor for physicals, run to the mechanic, and that evening I even took a long walk at a park near my house, all on their maiden voyage. And guess what? Just like every pair of Rothy's, my new pair needed no break-in period, and they were immediately comfortable and just ready to go wherever my day took me. And the reason why Rothy's are so comfortable right from the get-go is because they're seamlessly knit with thread that's made from plastic water bottles. In fact, to date, Rothy's has taken over 65 million bottles and turned them into beautiful products like their shoes and bags. The magic of Rothy's isn't just that they're the most comfortable shoe you'll ever own, but that they are stylish and come in an ever-changing variety of colors, patterns, and prints, and they are available in a range of styles. Every time I am on Rothy's website, I see a new pair or style that I fall in love with. And the kicker is that Rothy's shoes and bags are completely machine washable. If they need a little refresh, you just throw them in the wash and they come out looking just as good as new. And Rothy's offers free shippings and free returns, so there's no reason not to try them today. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash moms. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash moms. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash moms today. And now back to the episode. On January 15th, Detective Grimush Grimshan was assigned to be the lead detective of Birna's disappearance. When he was assigned, police knew that Birna was last seen alive by friends at Hura. Their first order of business was to obtain the CCTV footage from that area. In this footage, they were able to track some of Birna's movements after she left Hura. They saw her walking east on Ust-Sur-Straiti to Bonker-Straiti, then to Laga Vegas. At 5.25 a.m., Birna is seen dropping coins, bumping into someone, and then walking past the coffee and waffle shop. But by the next time CCG cameras are showing anything, Birna was nowhere to be seen. It's important to note that at the time of Birna's disappearance, due to the fact they have a very low crime rate, Reykjavik has less CCTV coverage there than many other European capitals. Therefore, when they're looking through all this information, police weren't able to track Birna's movements after she disappeared on the next block. 
As police replayed this recording, they noticed that there was a red Kia Rio that passed the coffee and waffle shop going in the opposite direction of Birna just 30 seconds after she passed the shop. Police weren't able to see the driver or read the license plate because it was very grainy footage, but they knew the car's make and model and they felt that that was better than nothing. Police searched the national database and found that there were 126 red Kia Rios registered in the country. And so police used this and began investigating this as their first lead. On Monday the 16th, to aid in their search, police took some of Birna's clothes and gave them to tracking dogs so they could look for a scent. The dogs were then taken to the area where Birna was last seen. Unfortunately, the dogs lost a scent path on the street, and the lost path actually led police to believe that Birna may have gotten into a car on that road, possibly that Kia Rio. Police at this point held a press conference on Monday afternoon. During the conference, the detective said that there were no confirmed evidence of criminal conduct, but that they weren't able to rule that out. He discussed the CCTV footage and said that it would be released later that day after all the uninvolved people's faces were blurred. He also said that police wanted to speak with that driver of the Kia. And he said that, you know, the driver's not a suspect. They just really want to ask if he saw anything that night. Police gave a description of the car and of Birna. She was five foot seven. She was slender. She weighed around 154 pounds with long, light red hair. And she was last wearing her Doc Martin boots, black jeans, a gray sweater, and a black hoodie. The detective asked for anyone that had any information at all to please come forward. After the press conference, Sila talked with reporters about Birna and her possible whereabouts. She said that Birna had recently joined Tinder after a recent breakup with her long-distance boyfriend named Andrew, so it was possible that she had met someone on there. Sila also told reporters that she and Birna were planning to go to New York in two months, which is another reason they felt there was no reason that Birna would have gone away willingly. She had, you know, future plans that she was really excited about. Sila explained that Birna loved speaking English and that she may have stopped on that street to talk to tourists. Before Monday evening arrived, the police had confirmation that Birna's phone was manually turned off, so that meant that the battery hadn't simply just gone dead. Police believe the phone was turned off at a main road in Hopnerfergus and was inside the car when it was turned off. On Monday evening, police had their first major breakthrough in the investigation of Birna's disappearance. Two brothers in their 20s with no connection to police, rescue services, or to Birna went looking for Birna in the city where her cell phone last pinged. On a whim, they decided to go to the harbor in Hopnerfergus, and while sleuthing around in a fenced-off area between the road and the water near three large oil storage tanks, the two men found a pair of Doc Martin's black boots, so they called the police to notify them of these findings. After looking over the boots, police were fairly sure that they were Birna's, and DNA confirmed that they were hers the very next day. Helicopters, drones with thermal vision, and 100 rescue officers were called to the scene to scour the area for any evidence. While at the harbor, police obtained the CCTV footage from the docks. In the footage, the police saw a red Kia Rio enter the harbor just after 6 a.m. on Saturday, January 14th. The Kia parked next to a fishing trawler, then a man got out of the passenger door and he appeared to be drunk as he was walking onto the trawler. Then the driver of the car drove to another location on the harbor, parked, and got into the back seat where the car's windows started to fog up. 
After spending 50 minutes in the backseat, the driver returned to the front of the car and drove off. The police were not able to track the Kia after it left the harbor, but they were able to see one thing, the car's license plate. The next step in the police investigation was to find out who was driving that Kia. Police determined that the Kia was a rental vehicle and was rented by a crew member of the Greenlandic fishing trawler named Polar Nanuk. The crew member, 25-year-old Tomas Moler Olesun, returned the rental car at lunchtime on the 14th. With the location of the car known, the police immediately impounded the car from the rental company. Upon the seizure of the vehicle, it was clear from the outside that the car was driven on what police called rough trails that were obviously never intended for these small, compact cars. It had also been driven around 186 miles and reeked of cleaning supplies. During processing, the car was sprayed with luminol and the back of the car, quote-unquote, lit up with traces of blood. The blood was then swabbed and sent to Sweden along with Birna's DNA. As we've said, you know, Iceland doesn't have a lot of crime, and so they don't have this sophisticated forensic crime laboratory, so they would outsource their testing. The blood in the backseat of the Kia was soon found to be Birna's. With their new evidence, police attempted to find Tomas Molera Ole's son and the drunk man that was walking from the car at the harbor. Unfortunately, they found the Polar Nanuk trawler had already set sail on Saturday afternoon with both of those men on board. Because they weren't able to physically locate Tomas, police began looking into his background. They found that he was a Greenlandic citizen with a fairly checkered past. He had been previously sentenced for selling drugs in Greenland. Tomas was also accused of raping an unconscious woman in Greenland in 2011. The victim, who was a woman in her 20s who wishes to remain anonymous, told police that she was at a party when the rape occurred. She was lying on a bed at the party, talking on the phone to her boyfriend, and then after this phone call ends, she falls asleep on the bed, and she said when she woke up, Tomas was raping her. She felt that she was too intoxicated at the time to stop Tomas or even to be able to fight him off. The next day, the victim went to file a police report. She was also examined by a doctor who found traces of Tomas's semen still inside her. Unfortunately, Tomas was later acquitted when a relative of his who was at the party told police the sex was consensual. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the Polar Nanuk, Tomas and the drunk man from the car, who was 27-year-old Nikolai Olesan, and this is a completely different, there, there's no relation between him and Tomas. They just happen to have the same last name, but they were acting completely normal until Tomas got a message from a newspaper reporter asking if he knew who rented the Kia. After receiving the message, Tomas became visibly agitated and pale. He went to the Polar Nanuk captain and showed him the message. The captain told Tomas that he had nothing to worry about if he was innocent. But then the captain found out about Birna's disappearance from investigators, and he told the investigators that he would sail back to Iceland. He said he would tell the crew that the engine malfunctioned and that they had to turn back around. But the captain also went one step further, and he turned off the Wi-Fi on the ship so that Tomas and Nikolai and anybody else that might be involved in Birna's disappearance wouldn't be able to access and read the news. 
I can't imagine the stress of this captain knowing, oh my gosh, somebody on here could have done something to this person. And now they know people are asking questions and I'm stuck on this boat with them. And also I've got to convince them that I'm now going back to the place that they're trying to get away from right? Uh, and that it's no big deal and something's going on. That's terrifying. And that's not like driving your car up, the, you know, a mile to the road. This is not a, you know, I don't know how far it was, but if you're on a ship, I'm imagining this is. It's not a speed It's boat. not easy. It's going to take right. a few minutes to get there. Yeah, it's going to take a while. So yeah, right. this is... And how smart of the captain to be like, you know what? We're going to shut off Wi-Fi and right. they can't get any more information. He really thought on his feet and, and it's pretty amazing, I think. Yeah, definitely. So on Wednesday morning, January the 18th, six members of the elite counter-terror unit within the police called the Vikingasveten or the Viking Squad got on a helicopter and met the Polar Nanook as it came into Icelandic waters. It was, as we said, it was on its way to Greenland, so it was in Greenlandic waters before. The Viking squad members rappelled onto the ship's deck and arrested Tomas and Nikolai. The two men were then confined to their cabins until the ship reached Hopnerfergus Harbor 12 hours later. The Polar Nanook arrived to a sealed-off harbor just after 11 p.m. on Wednesday night. The Viking squad officers escorted Tomas and Nikolai off the ship in handcuffs and then took them to police headquarters in Reykjavik. Both Tomas and Nikolai were questioned separately, and both men denied harming Birna. Their stories were similar, which was that they arrived in Iceland from Denmark on the Polar Nenok on January 11, 2017, to pick up new crew members. On Friday the 13th, the two men decided to go out in Reykjavik, before they all set sail the next day. Nikolai took a taxi into town and had a drink in the English pub off Lega Vegas. Tomas rented the Kia and drove it into town to meet with Nikolai. But by the time Tomas met up with Nikolai, he was extremely drunk. The two men headed to a different bar and then went for a drive. And this is when the Kia was seen on the CCTV. This is where Tomas and Nikolai's stories changed and became different from each other. Tomas said that two women got into the Kia while he was stopped on Lake Vegas, but Nikolai said that he fell asleep in the car and didn't remember anything about these girls. Tomas told police that he parked the car at the harbor to drop Nikolai off at the boat just before six in the morning. And this piece of information appears to be true as it was verified on the CCTV footage when you see this drunk man walking onto the ship. Tomas said that he then got into the backseat of the car and he kissed one of the girls, Birna. After spending about an hour in the backseat, Tomas said that he dropped the two girls off at a nearby roundabout near the highway. Police believed Nikolai's story because they could see how intoxicated he was in the CCTV footage. It was completely believable to think that Nikolai had no idea what was going on in the car. However, police did not believe Tomas's story. They knew that after Tomas drove away from the harbor, his phone was turned off for four hours. The Kia was not seen on any CCTV footage until 11 a.m. when he arrived back at the port. When asked where he was for the four hours, Tomas said he was sleeping, but the mileage on the odometer begged to differ. He had driven over 186 miles on this rental car. When asked where he slept, Tomas said he slept in front of a nearby Reebok fitness center, but CCTV footage at the center didn't show a red Kia in the parking lot. Police found footage of Tomas buying Ajax cleaning supplies 
clothes, and plastic bags at a store, then cleaning out the Kia during the four hours he wasn't at the harbor. When police asked Tomas why he was cleaning out this car, he said he was cleaning up vomit. At this point, though, police don't believe a word that Tomas is saying. He's just digging himself in the hole by saying, you know, I'm doing these things and then footage shows he's not and I'm cleaning this and nothing's adding up for them. So police searched Tomas's cabin on the Polar Nanook and found 51 pounds of hashish worth around 1.4 million pounds in his cabin. Police believe that Tomas brought the hashish onto the ship in Denmark. They also found beer in his driver's license, and it had been folded and thrown away. Police took many pieces of evidence from the cabin to test for DNA, including Tomas's jacket and his clothes. DNA testing found that Tomas's fingerprints were on Birna's driver's license, his DNA on Birna's Doc Martin's bootlace, and Birna's blood on his jacket. Testing also showed that Tomas had recently washed his clothes, but it was still clear that he had been in contact with blood with these clothes. On Thursday, January 19th, police announced that they thought Birna's Doc Martin boots were left in the Finstoff area in the harbor just before the Polarda nooks itself. Their reasoning for this theory was that there was snow under the boots, but there was no snow on the day that Birna had disappeared. On Saturday, January 21st, the, quote, biggest search operation in Iceland's history began, end quote. The Icelandic Association for Search and Rescue, or ICESAR, had 835 volunteers and 87 vehicles ready to find Birna. The team searched a vast area, including the southern peninsula, on Saturday, but they came up empty-handed. The team searched on Sunday, January 22nd as well. At around noon, the Coast Guard was flying a helicopter over a coastline near the Selvoish Vete lighthouse when they saw something near the water's edge. It was Birna's body. And we're going to get right back into the story after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. When I was growing up back in the 80s, I remember always hearing the women in my family obsess about what diet they were on and what they were trying to lose and hitting some magic number on the scale. Thankfully, in 2020, not only do we have better hair, but we have better ways to be healthy, thanks to Noom. Noom is not a diet from the 80s, but it's a healthy and super easy to stick to way of life. Noom is all about learning how to make changes in your life and leave you feeling healthier and happier. Noom is based in psychology, so instead of just having someone tell you what to do, you are learning how to make the right choices and even why you make some of the ones you do. And Noom empowers you by giving you the tools you need to break out of the bad habits and in turn replace them with better ones. So how does Noom do it? Noom does it by being a habit-changing solution that gives its users personalized courses so they can learn to develop new relationships with food. And with Noom, you aren't alone. With Noom, you have a goal specialist who is there to encourage you and offer support as well as an entire Noom community who is on the same journey as you. Noom makes it easy for me to make lifestyle changes. Over the past few months, I've begun writing down specific health goals I want to meet. I want to be healthier, but quite frankly, I don't want to be miserable in the process. And with Noom, I've learned little tricks to help make better decisions. And Noom believes that no food is good, bad, or off limits. So I can stress eat one day and know that I can just pick back up tomorrow and keep trying. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash moms. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash moms to start your trial today. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash moms. 
We've been moms for over a decade, and some days I'm still shocked that I have to feed this family dinner yet again. And not only do they want to eat, they want to eat something delicious. And since we started using HelloFresh, they're in luck because HelloFresh offers so many delicious options for dinner every single week. So it helps my family try new things and helps me break out of my recipe rut. Plus, the recipes are beyond easy to follow and super quick to make. And they even include steps and pictures just to help guide you along the way. It's so easy. I've even had my 11-year-old daughter try her hand at making some of them, and she's done a fantastic job thanks to how easy HelloFresh makes it. And you can easily feed the whole family thanks to larger boxes that give you more servings and also more savings. There's so much food, we often have some left over to save for lunch the next day, making the value of these boxes even more incredible. One of our favorite meals to date was the spicy maple chicken with mashed sweet potatoes and roasted green beans. Despite there technically being two vegetables in this meal, my kids actually loved it, and my oldest son said the chicken tasted like a giant sweet and spicy chicken nugget. I think it's a much fancier meal than that, but if it gets him to eat all of his dinner, then I'll take it. It's easy to see why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80MomsAndMurder and use code 80MomsAndMurder to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80MomsAndMurder and use code 80MomsAndMurder to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. And now back to the episode. Before the break, we were just talking about how the Coast Guard had just found Birna's body. Her body was sent for an autopsy, and the medical examiner found that Birna had been hit in the face and strangled. Police believe that these injuries occurred when Tomas got into the backseat with Birna at the harbor between 6.10 and 7 a.m. Although Birna was strangled, her cause of death was actually ruled as a drowning. So she was still alive when she was thrown into the water, possibly from over a bridge. However, it's unclear if Tomas knew that Birna was still alive when he threw her in. Following the discovery of Birna's body, Iceland citizens left candles and flowers at the location Birna was last seen. Later, 10 to 12,000 people walked down Lega Vegas in Birna's honor on January 28th. Citizens in Greenland gathered outside the consulate in the capital and lit candles for Birna on January 21st. Birna's funeral was held in a nearby church. Her friends carried her coffin as 2,000 attendees, including the president and prime minister, watched. After holding Nikolai in custody for two weeks and conducting many interviews, police released him as they did not think that he was involved in Birna's murder. Tomas went through nine interviews and never once changed his story, but the police were still certain, based on their evidence, that he was Birna's killer. Tomas was charged with drug trafficking and Birna's murder on March 31st. His trial began in August at the Hopnerfergish court. During his trial, Tomas took the stand and confessed to drug trafficking, but he refused to admit to the murder. For the first time since his arrest, Tomas told a new story of what happened that fateful night. He spoke in a low voice with no emotion as he said that Birna was the only one in the car. There weren't two women. He and Nikolai had been out at a few bars when they decided to get some food. They got in the rental car and started driving, but they had to slow down because a car was in front of them. And then he said, quote, suddenly this girl entered the car and spoke to them in Icelandic, end quote. So Tomas told the girl, who was Birna, 
in English that the car wasn't a taxi, but he decided to let Birna stay because he wanted to help her out. As they drove along, Birna and Nikolai, who were both in the back seat, were talking until Birna actually fell asleep in the car. Tomas drove them to Hopner Fergush towards a big mall and says that they got a bit lost. Then he stopped the car and got out to go pee somewhere in Hopner Fergush. Nikolai said he wanted, quote, time alone with Birna. Then he drove off in the car. When Nikolai came back to get Tomas, Birna wasn't in the car with him anymore. He told Tomas that she lived close by and had just walked home. But Nikolai was very stressed with his eyes wide open and rubbing his hands as they drove off. Tomas told the court that he didn't initially tell the truth because the police were, quote, mean to him. Oh, my gosh. I know. Poor guy. His excuse for being at the harbor for 50 minutes was that he was looking for his phone and then he fell asleep. When asked where he was for four hours, Tomas said that he was delivering a package, but he couldn't say who he was delivering it to. What kind of package? Oh, I guess he did have drugs on board, so that could make sense that he would say package. But For four hours in the middle of the night, though? I mean, none of the story makes sense at all, I guess. But yeah, it is a weird thing to be like, I I delivered it. And maybe this could be my alibi, but darn tootin', I can't remember who I gave it to. Like, that doesn't make any sense, of course. So I also like that I said darn tootin' in a story (laughs) where I'm butchering another language. So again, I apologize. So Nikolai also took the stand. He told the courts that he didn't even know how to drive. So even if he did, he wouldn't have been able to drive due to how intoxicated he was. Nikolai said he and Tomas went out to a few bars and then they got into Tomas's rental car. Nikolai wanted to go back to the ship, but Tomas wanted to drive around. He didn't remember much of what happened since he was drunk and then he fell asleep. He told the court that he did remember Birna getting into the back of the car, but said he doesn't remember much after that. He also said he didn't remember being alone in the car with Birna. A month later, Tomas was convicted of drug trafficking and murder by three different judges. He was sentenced to 19 years for both charges. This was an interesting fact I was not aware of, but in Iceland, prison sentences cannot exceed 20 years. Wow. Yeah. I also found it interesting that in Iceland, they have five prisons and only have a total of 131 inmates. 26.7% of Iceland inmates are actually foreign prisoners. Following his conviction, Tomas appealed, asking the court to hire an independent assessor to figure out if it was even physically possible that he was able to dump Birna's body, quote, given the ocean currents and the mileage on the rental car, end quote. His conviction was reaffirmed in November of 2018, and he was denied further appeal in February 2019. Following the murder of Birna, more CCTV cameras were installed in Iceland, and young women became really more wary and careful. Sila, Birna's mom, has been quoted since as saying, quote, I'm not scared or nervous anymore. The most scary thing I could have imagined has happened in my life, and nothing I experience is worse than what Birna has had to endure, end quote. Man, that's rough to hear. Yeah, it's just a really sad story. It is such a sad story. And I can't imagine when you're first bringing this information, when her parents are first going to the police and saying she's missing, just based on statistics in your country, you have to even think, okay, you know, if this is happening, this is a huge deal because this doesn't happen here. And, you know, it has to be such a weird situation to to know the statistics there and to think, oh my gosh, my kid could be the one. 
of the year, right. 1.6 people. Right. So I read something that was like, yeah, so some years they didn't even have homicides. And just even hearing like 25% of people that are in Icelandic jails aren't even from there. So, I mean, you have to feel very, very safe there. I remember reading something last week about Bjork saying how safe she felt there and people saying it's not uncommon to see the prime minister like riding a bike or I don't remember if it was a prime right. minister, but it was somebody big that it, it, you do have this sense of security. And I can't imagine feeling that secure your whole life and then having that kind of taken away from you. That would be really, really hard for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's a very, very sad story. So, Melissa, we are going to turn the page and go on to last thing before we go. We're going to revisit a thing I think we've done in the past, but I have different. It's going to be different because I don't even remember what we did the first me time. Me either, but, but that um, worries me too because I very well could be repeating myself. It's possible. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to do two truths and a lie, and obviously they're about ourselves, and we're going to try and guess which one is the lie, right? That's how mm -hmm. this works. Okay, so then I did it right. So we each have three facts. Two of them are true. One of them is going to be a lie, and we're going to try and figure out who is telling a lie or what the lie is. So, Melissa, do you want to go first? Sure. So do you want me to just list all three of them, right? So I'll go ahead and do my two truths and a lie. So, yeah, so you have them all together. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> yes. That's how the game works, I, I can I remember if we go back and forth, and I was like, I'll never remember. Okay, so yeah. I made mine all themed around a cruise. No one asked me to get fancy, but apparently I got fancy. Here we go. I didn't ask you to. I don't know what happened. I picked one cruise one and I was like, I'm going to keep going. So the first one is I once wrapped the song Just the Two of Us with my sister on a cruise ship and it was not well received. The I believe that second 110%. one is on um, the cruise my husband and I took for our honeymoon. The only photo that we purchased for you know, on the cruise ship was a photo of just me and a pirate because I looked really cute in the photo. So I wanted to buy that. Um, my husband was not in it. And the last one is I want a cruise to see my favorite band and almost didn't go because I thought it was a scam. Okay. I'm going to say that you purchased a picture with a pirate because you thought you looked cute is a lie. Yeah. That doesn't even really sound like me, but no. here's the thing. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you at all. We own that photo of my husband and a female pirate. And the only photo we bought, it's a totally true story, but my husband is the culprit in this because he thought oh, it was no. a good looking picture of him. So we bought no oh, pictures of us as a couple on our honeymoon on the cruise, but him and some hot broad we ended up buying that on our oh my gosh. honeymoon. Yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah. So that's that's him. That's how he rolls. So, yeah. So yeah. Anyway. That's so funny. As soon as I heard you say that, like, oh, I thought I looked cute. So I bought the picture. I was like, that is not. No, ever I should have thought about that. I'm always like, mm, something's wrong there. Yeah, no, I would never do that. So uh, and surprisingly, my husband did. That's that should be shocking as well. So. It is actually <laughs> <laughs> knowing both of you that that that's strange. Right. For either one of you. But Anytime yeah, I see that photo, funny. I'm like, why? Well, he's like, it's a great photo of me. I'm like, you know, it really is. I got to give it to you. It's still weird. He loves it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's great. OK, so mine are I randomly reunited with a friend from kindergarten 20 years later in a completely different state from the one we met in. OK, I know that to be true. The most. <laughs> the most chickens I've ever had at one time is 63. <gasps> and I've never watched the movie Gone with the Wind. Um, It's got to be the numbers got to be wrong on that. There's no way you've had 63 chickens and I didn't call in like authorities. 
You do. <laughs> <laughs> or like hoarders. No, I, yeah, you're right. No, I've never had more than about, I think my maximum is actually like maybe 30. Mm. I think at one point I had, but I don't know about 60. That would be a lot of birds, even for me. Yeah, you definitely didn't tell me on that one. That just reminds me of the time we recorded very early on, maybe in our first 10 episodes, where you brought a chicken to my old house. Remember that? And it was just (laughs) running around. It ran around the backyard and I had to chase it around. Yeah. And she was a lot harder to catch than... I thought she would be. Yeah, it just, it just, I don't even remember. Oh, I think you like picked it up on the way to my house to record. You were just like, oh, by the way, I have a chicken. <laughs> it can just run around your yard. Your yard, no big deal. And so that's the one that I love now. That that was Emmy. Aww. I remember that I brought her over. But yeah, it was when I first got her. But I still love her so much, and she is. She would let me chase her around and pick her up now. She's nice. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad to hear your relationship <laughs> changed because that was that will forever be ingrained in my memory, just watching you chase a chicken in my yard. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Oh. Perfect, perfect. That's how I want you to remember. That's how I want to be remembered. Like literally when they play the song at a funeral, the <laughs> I will remember you, just Mandy just running around chasing yeah. a chicken, <laughs> screaming, will you please love me? I would really, I would love to see that. Please. Yes. Make that happen. I I want this. I want this um, down on record that I want that to happen. There you go. When my time. When my time comes. Yeah. I'll be gone way before that. So you're going to have to tell somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. That was it for this week. Um, We'll be back next week with a new episode that I'm also excited about because it's a little spooky. Because you guys know I love Halloween time and spooky season. I embrace it to the fullest. So yeah, I'm excited about I'm that. Thrilled. I, I know. I'm yeah, I know. thrilled. Melissa is very excited also. So yeah, so we'll see you guys back next week. Uh, same time, same place. New spooky story. Mm. <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.